Hello and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN. And we are back after a couple weeks off here on the Take 10 Podcast with a brand new episode. And we get into the reasons why we were on a brief hiatus uh, deeper into the episode here. Uh, I was overseas, out of town for a couple weeks, so um, the podcast took a back seat. But luckily, um, we were able to get an interview done even while I was out of the office um, for the first time ever on the Take 10 Podcast. We had a pinch hitter uh, conducting an interview as my colleague Brent Urena. Um, if you follow BTN social media accounts, you've probably seen Brent's Twitter uh, Twitter game, Twitter presence. He's he's very active on Twitter. Has like five times more followers than I do, and uh, is a, a star for us on the social media scene. And Brent stepped up and filled in and offered to do an interview while we were gone uh, because we had Bruno Fernando, the the Maryland. Terrapins two-year star in basketball in our studio and like I said Brent stepped up and knocked out an interview with Bruno uh, a couple weeks ago I think it was about a week and a half ago uh, as of as of this taping and we're gonna have that interview here on this latest episode of the Take 10 podcast so pretty cool we got um, Eric Ayala of Maryland a couple weeks ago actually about a month ago and now we have Bruno on so a heavy doses of the Terps uh, lately here on the Take 10 podcast and like I said for the first time middle history on the show and had a, a pinch hitter and shout out to Brent for stepping up and doing that and uh, maybe it's something we can incorporate more going forward as he uh, he killed it and, and got a great 15 minute discussion with Bruno which you'll uh, you'll hear coming up so after that discussion with Bruno uh, I'm back on the show with a, another call for the culture segment if you've not heard the Take 10 podcast before, uh, Call for the Culture is a discussion with my producer, Colleen Degnan, where we chop it up about all things uh, sports and pop culture and kind of the intersection of entertainment, social media, and sports with a good amount of Big Ten discussion, as well as uh, just casual banter. So Colleen and I catch up, um, discuss the couple weeks uh, break, what's been going on since then and talk everything from NBA finals, Stanley Cup finals, to some of the Twitter uh, shenanigans that have been ensuing from those uh, those marquee events and talk, like I said, entertainment, sports, pop culture, and uh, it's a fun discussion. So two segments coming up. Like I said, we got Brent and Bruno, and then uh, Call for the Culture with Colleen, and the Bruno interview is up first, so let's get right to that. Take 10 podcast interview with Bruno Fernando featuring Brent Urena. It starts right now. Sitting here with Maryland, former Maryland star, uh, Bruno Fernando. Bruno, you're in town for uh, the NBA draft coming up town coming up, and uh, just tell, tell us what you've been doing while you've been uh, just hanging out in Chicago. Um, it really hasn't been much. It's just been a lot of work and workouts. Um, just really trying to Stay ready for the draft and stay prepared for team workouts and stuff like that. So just, um, just really a lot of training. Um, um, and obviously, like you know, I signed with an agency that's the agency that's based here in Chicago. So, um, you know, getting around here and getting close and get to know everybody, the agency and the office and everything like that. But it'd be mostly just training. Uh, with other Big Ten stars in yeah. the past, who, who yeah. have you been working with? It's uh, Carson Edwards is here with us. Uh, Ethan Happ and Isaiah Roby from the Big Ten. 
Are they pretty good guys? Yeah, really, really good guys. It was just, you know, on the court was different last year, obviously playing against each other. We didn't, we didn't have that close of a relationship, but like now that we all work out with each other, it's just crazy how like we all bond so, so close. Well, I think that's three first team All Big Ten players there. Yeah. Uh, just when you guys get in the same room, are you talking basketball? Are you talking Big Ten? What's kind of the conversations like? We had a lot of different conversations. I think, you know, it was times when we first got here, all like it was times that we talked about Big Ten and how we played against each other, teams who won, who lost. Uh, just the battles we all had. We all obviously had those conversations. Yeah, but but yeah. Well, what what's what 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 have the NBA teams told you about your chances, your game, what to expect on a draft night? Oh, uh, you know, just talking to my agent and coach Thursday and everybody you know that I have in my circle, just kind of like um, teams are really excited about me, you know, and uh, I think that that's really one of the biggest things that played a big role in my decision to be leaving Maryland. And be all in in the draft. Just you know how how big of a chance I have in front of me to to obviously make a dream come true. And uh, you know draft night, I just you know expect to hear my name call. What was the toughest part about leaving Maryland, making that decision to go pro? It was just I'll say probably you know my coach, my coaching staff, my teammate, the fans, the school itself, the environment. Like I love Maryland so much, and. Um, I think that was like, cause for me, everywhere I go in the states is far away from home, so I kind of gotta make it home wherever I'm at. And I think Maryland was that place that it finally felt like home. Like I was really like comfortable, and it was like, like this is my spot. And uh, for me to leave that again and try to go find another place now to make it home, that was really a tough part, tough part for me. And you're leaving a team that has some talent with Cowan, right. Jalen right. Smith. Just what, what kind of team will uh, do you expect Maryland to have next year? I expect them to be really, really good. Um, I, I, I can see really Maryland winning the the, the Big Ten um, title. Um, I think, you know, we got a lot, of, a lot of talent on the team already. Everybody's coming back by me, and we added a lot more talent. And I think, you know, with the guys coming in, the guys already there returning, obviously we expect them to make a huge jump from freshman to sophomore year. And obviously the freshmen's coming in, really good players, and, and I'm just extremely excited to really watch and get get to see how much better they get throughout the year. How did uh, Turgeon and, and his whole coaching staff get you ready for the NBA and the transition you're, you're gonna be making? I think I think Coach Thurgeon and the coaching staff just, in Maryland itself, I think everybody really that I got a chance to work with really helped me so much in so many ways. Um, I think you know off the court they hit a, they they did a tremendous job with me and just keep me keeping me grounded and making sure I don't get caught up on anything and just you know stay true to myself and and on the court is just you know how much better I've got you know just off season taking taking advantage of everything and taking advantage of all the resources we have there at school and 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 the opportunity you know that comes in front of me every game coach Terry always made sure you know. He does the best of his ability to make sure I succeed and every single one of my teammates succeed on the court. So I think that really prepared me for, for that, that this next step that I'm taking now. After you hear your name called, most mocks I see have you first round. Mm-hmm. What's going to be that first thing you purchase, that first thing you kind of indulge on? Um, I don't. I haven't even thought about that, honestly. Like, I've, you know... I don't know. It's such a big thing for me. It's just to think about, you know, making that dream come true that I haven't really actually thought about the, the other things that come with it. Like, I haven't even thought about what I would buy first, what I would do first. Like, I'm just thinking about, man, whenever I hear my name calling and I find out whatever team I'm going to, it's just, it's just going to be so special. And obviously, 
Uh, for me, it's just it's an honor. It's a huge moment because being from Angola, a place where nobody has ever made it to the NBA, so like to have a chance to be the first one, it's just kind of something that probably that would be my first thought in mind. It's probably like okay, like after summer league and whenever I get a time off, probably go home and just trying to you know go do a camp or something like mm-hmm. that at home and just try to give those kids hope and, and just, you know, I've been in their shoes before. If somebody from their shoes and, and their background was able to make it, then they they definitely able to do the same thing. That would probably be the first thing I would do. That's great. What, what, is, what would it mean for Angola? Just, like, when you go back there, obviously mm-hmm. they know you. They know mm-hmm. you're an NF- N- NBA prospect. What would it mean to the country for you to be the first NBA player and just – how proud would they be of you? I think it would mean a lot. I think just right now, at this point in my life where I'm, I think everybody there is already proud of me. I think they're already, you know, proud of the steps the steps I've taken this far. And for me to obviously be able to be in this position um, and, and I think, you know, it's just, you know, it's just everybody's going to be happy. You know, I think it's a dream that, I like I said, it's not just mine. It's a whole country behind it. It's everybody really dreaming about it for such a long time. And we always, you know, watch Angolan people love basketball and Angolan people love watching NBA. And the fact that we always watching other players from like places close to us, like Congo, uh, Nigeria, but we never had our own. And uh, for me to be in this position to actually, you know, be able to break that and, and, and be that guy that, you know, opens the door for everybody else, I think it's going to be huge for Angola as a country. And, and I think just everybody gonna be extremely happy and excited, and we're gonna start seeing a lot more Angolans coming to the United States, going to the NBA games and stuff like that. Is there any way that you personally, on your uniform, on your shoes, any way that you honor uh, Angola, like to just show your pride? Uh, I think I do on every everything I do, like you know every social media, Instagram posts, everything, Twitter, anything like that. I just feel like, you know, I try to. I always think about what I'm from, you know, it's one thing with me, I never forget what I came from and just, you know, um, some people help me to be in this position, so I got to make sure I, I put my arm out there to help the other ones be in this position one day. So um, I always just think about, you know, the other kids that are at home that wish they were in my position. So like for me to be able to be in this position to one day be able to go back and help those kids, you know, and put them in that position that I'm at today. So um, it's, it's just extremely gratifying. like. Well, speaking of kids, you're one of eight. Mm-hmm. Best part of that? I'll probably say best part of being one of eight is just like, you know, you, you can do everything with your brothers. Like, I got four brothers and three sisters. Like, you can do everything. You can play soccer with them. You can play basketball. You can, like, play around with your brothers anytime and anywhere. So, like, you don't really have that much of necessity to go out there, you know, to f- try to make too many friends. Obviously, I like making friends and everything like that. But... Just my parents, like, we grew up in an environment that it was kind of, like, just, you know, close and just all of us getting close to each other and getting to know each other each and every day. So, like, best part of the day is probably just, you know, being able to do everything with your brothers mm-hmm. and, like, just having that many brothers to play around with and just, and yeah. And just all of them. My family is very loud and energetic and enthusiastic. So, like, yeah, that's probably the best part of it. There's, there's a lot of energy around the yeah, Fernando house. Yeah. How, about, how about the worst part of being one of eight? Uh, probably I'm the only tall one. Like nobody else is. Uh, everybody's like, ain't nobody else plays four. So like, I'm the oh. only athlete on the, in the family. How'd that happen? Um, so like we used to play soccer. Me and my older brothers, like all of us, used to play soccer growing up. And then when I changed to basketball, everybody just quit soccer. So then everybody was just like, we're gonna focus on Bruno doing basketball, and that's. It. And when did you officially start playing basketball? I was nine. Nine. Yeah. 
And what was your the you know only playing soccer before that? What uh, were you good at basketball right away, or was it something? That took nah, some time? I was not. So like I played soccer and never played basketball before. I just played soccer the whole time. And then when I switched to basketball, it was kind of like just like kind of like trying first, just like let me see what it's like, um, type of thing. And then like 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 everything, the first first few months doing it are not the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. So like, I just try to stick with it and just like you know keep getting better and better and better and then it took me to this point. Exactly. Well, I know you freshman year is mostly just down low, mm-hmm. dunking. This past year you stretched your game out. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in the NBA? Is it going to be as like a stretch four? Like what what area do you think you're going to be uh, filling for an NBA team? I think I can I can I could definitely do multiple things. You know, for an NBA team, I could be a stretch four. I could be a five. Um, I think I could do. Um, those things very well and I think it's only going to get better from where I'm at right now I think my game is only getting better I think my room for improvement is so much uh, and, and I just feel like as, as long as I keep working on my game it will always you know, be improving made, improvements made and I feel like like I said I could be stretched for you know, guys that can always speak and pop um, set a lot of screens and pop and, and take guys off the dribble from the top of the key from the elbow from, 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 from the wings and stuff like that shoot corner threes and stuff like that just kind of like being able to space the floor and give everybody room to operate, and uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I could be the guy that you know is, it's kind of like you know, um, that anchor, you know, on defense for the team, you know, being able to like protect the rim. Even I could do that as a forward man, um, you know, being able to protect the rim and just you know, on offense, just making things easier for everybody, just you know, setting good screens, rebounding, and and just you know, doing the little things really on the court. I know you're a big KG fan. Is there an NBA player who you watch recently or currently that is kind of like, that's who I could be? Uh, uh, like I said, I watch a lot of uh, NBA players, NBA bigs. Um, I don't think it's necessarily one player that I'd be like, you know, I want to play like him. But like I said, I take a lot of little things from everybody's game. Like, um, I watch a lot of Joel Embiid for sure, just how dominant he is on both ends of the floor, especially, you know, down low on the post, how easy it is for him to score and do, and, and just do things of, of that nature. And and um, Clint, Clint Capella, how he plays defense, you know, his ability to switch on guards and screens and just move his feet laterally and, and just be able to just stay in front of the ball. And um, Montrezl Hero, just, you know, how much he loves the game of basketball, his energy and passion on the court. I think it's something that I relate to. Just like he plays every game like it's a gift. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he... Like it's it's the last game of his career, so he embraces time. And um, Miles Turner, obviously, I watch him a lot. Lamarcus Aldridge, just kind of like different skills that they have on the court. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier just how much you love being at Maryland. What other than the coaching staff and the fans? What did you love about being a Terp? Uh, I probably love everything about being a Terp, man. And I, it was just Maryland was such a great experience for me. Uh, I just, you know, for me, how I would put it, it's like, like I wish everybody could go through the same thing I went through to just like experience Maryland the way I did. Mm-hmm. I think like, um, just every aspect of it, just like the fans, that the environment, the school itself, the academic people, like, and I think a lot of it has to do with who I am and my personality, my character. I mean, you know, I'm a guy that. Sometimes I'll just pop in people's office and just start high-fiving people, just saying hi to people, just going around really trying to, you know, say hi and make people's day better. So I think, you know, that really was kind of like the thing that 
had the impact that that I that, that had on me at Maryland. So like, you know, I was really close to everybody, never had any trouble, never mm-hmm. had any problems. So like it was just everything itself really, like Maryland as a whole, just kinda like yeah, I, it's just so many moments that go through my head right now and I'm like I can't pick one specific okay. moment but like yeah, Maryland just as a whole was was everything, man. Well, when a lot of people think about Maryland, there's the uniforms. Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain uniform that, that you guys wear that you like the most? I like the white one, the home, the home uniforms, the white one we wore. Yeah. What What do you like about those? I just felt like you know playing at home with that white jersey every time is just a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Like playing at Xfinity Center and just you looking around and you know it just I just feel it just feels different. Okay. Now. I don't know what the Angolan cuisine is like, but uh, Maryland, you obviously have the mm-hmm. uh, crabs. Crab. Did, crab, did you get into that kind of that kind of food there? We we had crabs. So, like, before the season, we had that thing, um, which is, like, we do it every year before every season. Like, Coach, we go to Coach Thurston's house, and we just eat a whole bunch of crabs. So, like, um, I've had crab before um, there while I was at Maryland. So I was twice because it was my sophomore and freshman year. But... But yeah, probably, you know, I, I didn't eat much seafood, honestly, but, like, I've had the crowds before, so, yeah. Well, if you were to recommend some Angolan cuisine, what, what would it be? What, what's something that people have to try? So, Angolan cuisine is it's a lot of good things, I would say that. It's, um, for me, because I eat, like, what my mom does every time, like, my mom is probably the best person cooking in the world. Um, but, but, yeah, I would probably, you know, obviously, there is a lot of things that is uh, feijoada, um, which that? is like rice, you know, with um, beans and 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 whole bunch of like different meats, yeah. um, mixed with the beans, and it's just really, really, really good. Um, that is a uh, kashupa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is um, a funja, which is like I would say that's probably our, you know, typical like. There's like probably you know the funja, um, funja the bombo milio, um, um, kalulu. Um, Muamba, um, I, I just, it's, it's a lot of things in Angolan, yeah. And I speak Portuguese, right? Yeah. So give me give me a couple lines in Portuguese, say something and tell me what it, said, what it is. Um, just putting you on the spot here. Uh, so I'll say this, Maryland uh, é a melhor escola do mundo. So in Portuguese I said Maryland is the best university in the world. Okay, all right. I think the Maryland fans will like that. Well, Bruno, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time to join the podcast. Thank you. And uh, best of luck at the NBA draft. And uh, wherever you end up, we'll be uh, watching you and following yes, your sir. career. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Best. All right. Thanks once again to Bruno and Brent for hopping on the show. And um, again, thanks to Brent for filling in while I was gone. And uh, nice job, Brent, on the interview. And um, I. I touch on it here in a little bit talking to Colleen but uh very bummed that I did not get to meet Bruno and uh, do an interview because he's one of my favorite big time players and uh just a huge personality dominant player and uh, we're gonna miss him tearing it up for the Terps so uh cool to have him in studio I'm sure and um now we'll jump over to as I introduced at the top of the show our call for the culture segment with producer Colleen Degnan we dive into sports entertainment social media, pop culture talk, kind of the intersection of all those uh, avenues, and um, just have a 20 to 30 minute general conversation and uh, just kind of relax and and discuss. So get right into that. It's our Call for Culture segment with Colleen, and it starts right now. 
All right, we're back with another edition of Call for the Culture. And if we're talking in hushed tones and there's some background <laughs> noise, it's because our studio has been co-opted with uh, some construction on the exterior of the building. So uh, instead of working through drilling and hammering, we're in a different room. Colleen, what's up? We're uh, on remote, but uh, welcome back, Alex. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for welcoming me back. It's been a while since we did a podcast episode. It's been um, two weeks, I think, we missed. So luckily... While I was gone, pinch hitter filled in for uh, our latest interview. Our man Brent Urena uh, filled in to interview Bruno Fernando. So Brent is my uh, my guy, my colleague who does social media um, with me, and he offered to, to fill in. So shout out Brent. I always knew he had it in him, and he knocked the uh, Bruno interview out of the park. Yeah, but in case uh, the listeners don't know, Alex, how was uh, gallivanting and soft smiling across China? <laughs> yeah, soft smiling. If you follow me on Instagram, which I don't think anyone listening does. Uh, that's my trademark pose for all my Instagram pictures. But trademark as in only pose. <laughs> I'll keep this brief because I know people don't want to hear about my my trip. But um, it, it was a it was a cool excursion. It was about two weeks, like a week and a half, in Asia, uh, mostly China and and uh, Hong Kong, and it was just a, a culture shock in some ways and a great experience. And I was able to go with my friend who's Chinese, and he was able to show me around and. Um, opened my eyes to a part of the world that I had never seen before. So, uh, long story short, great experience. Glad to be back. Um, I'm dying to know, though, yeah. how did the people take the fanny pack? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wore a fanny pack around just to keep my passport in, keep my uh, my valuables and, and my essentials, my my portable charger and all that. It was pretty popular. Like, honestly, it was more of a belt bag than a fanny pack. And <laughs> it was the bag. thing that people sling across their chests. Like, I saw a lot of those bags just around, but I was one of the only people that wore it like a fanny pack. So um, it, the fanny pack was the star of, of the last couple of weeks, and I didn't lose my phone. I didn't lose my passport, <laughs> and my phone usually had battery, so it worked out. Um, but, yeah, it, it was crazy just to see kind of like uh, – and like I said, I'm not going to bore people with, with individual stories, but it was crazy to see the scale of some of those cities, like just the amount of um, – distance that like these these skylines extend just like as far as the eye can see and like in a place like shanghai like it just goes for miles around with tall buildings hong kong's the same way and we took a train from shanghai to beijing and it was crazy just to see kind of the suburbs and the sprawl of the um the kind of outer parts of these cities and just like thousands no joke of high rises that just would go on and on forever and i don't even know if some of these are cities or if they're just you know, cities in waiting essentially that, that these construction companies that have kind of done the if you build it, they will come approach. And it's just crazy to see like all the construction cranes, the the amount of tall buildings, the, the some of the tallest buildings in the world that um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go up in and, and see. And uh, yeah, it was just a, an eye opening experience. So amazing. We'll, we'll leave it there. Yeah, while you're gone, you missed some big news, pun always intended. Yeah. Got a new commissioner, I was Kevin Warren. Yeah, it was. 12 hours um, ahead, so or 13 hours ahead, so I was kind of following everything. It was the middle of the night here when I was waking up and seeing everything, but I, I noticed the Kevin Warren press conference and the news and all that. I know it was kind of a surprise. Like It wasn't really a name that people thought uh, was going to pop up, right? No, definitely not. It came out um, the Monday, and then he was announced officially Tuesday. Yeah. And it was great. It's monumental. Um, he's coming from the Minnesota Vikings. Did you watch the press conference? Uh, yes, I programmed the press conference. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, Kevin Warren is a name that I had come across before. I, th- I think he had spoken at a University of Illinois event that I was at 
in the last couple of years. So like I'd known the name and known who he was. I don't know a lot about him beyond that. I was not able to watch the press conference, but everything that I've read and seen in the days since his introduction have uh, been very impressive. Obviously, it was a groundbreaking hire in terms of being the first black uh, commissioner of a Power Five conference. So that's cool that um, the Big Ten was able to lay claim to that. And, and uh, high praise has been kind of coming from all corners of the sports world. So I think I think we're in good hands going forward, right? I don't know how you felt about watching the guy speak. He crushed it. I thought he was very compelling, a very exciting new wave, hopefully, to be hitting the Big Ten. A lot of uh, room for growth. Yeah. And should be great. Yeah, for sure. And it's always funny to me or interesting that, like, uh, the outgoing commissioner, Jim Delaney, uh, who obviously has had a long run and is retiring in 2020, um, it's interesting how he'll get booed at events like the Big Ten Tournament where he'll present the trophy, the fans will boo him, or he gets a lot of slack on social media and stuff, but it's like, and that's kind of the, the popular thing to do, is like, the commissioner gets booed no matter what sport it is. I was just going to say, like, I mean, you could bring that up. For but it's reason. like, yeah, I mean, come on, Jim Delaney, any objective, by any objective measure, he's done a great job, like, and I'm not just saying that because our job's what <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the Big Ten Network, obviously, has been uh, wildly su- successful in this space, it was the first college network, um, Payouts to schools are at a record high, like over $50 million a year. Um, the health of our teams, I think, overall is 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 really good. I saw something where a certain conference um, that is west of here did not get a team in the Final Four college football playoff or college World Series. And if you look at the you know the Big Ten, I know we've missed the college football playoff the last couple of years, but they're always a presence at least contending to get into the college ball playoff. We've had Final Four teams uh, plenty over the last few years and going back as far as you know, people can really remember. And then Michigan getting back to the College World Series this year huge. is a huge accomplishment. So, That's really big, I feel like, for Big Ten sports. Baseball hasn't been where we've necessarily uh, been shining. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so tough in the Big Ten, right, to, to be as competitive as some SEC schools or ACC. Pac-12. Just because of, of the weather, right? Yeah. Um, it's just at a disadvantage, but... Uh, it's the first Big Ten team to make the College World Series, I think, since Indiana and the Kyle Schwarber days. Oh my uh, god! F- a few years ago, so um, interesting to follow. I know it probably puts a little more work on your plate, right? Uh, yeah. Year than, than would normally be. Still scheduling scheduling some studio, but it's nice. I mean, obviously, always supporting any Big Ten school that's continuing on, making June a little bit more exciting here. I, I think it's Michigan's first appearance in the College World Series since 1984. So historic run for them. Um, and that kind of goes back to my point of like consistently having programs that appear on the big stage, on the national stage. Like Michigan, some schools just have all the fun, right? Like Michigan this year had a team. I saw a stat. They had, um, I think, a team, Sweet 16, College World Series, and Major Bowl game. They're the only school. It was on Twitter, so I don't know if I have those exact stats right, but that's the, they're the only school to accomplish that this year in the whole country. So, well, yeah. again, really impressive. Um, and, then- and some schools just – are are great at all sports, and that's one of those years for Michigan. But uh, also beyond just national stage, international stage. Looking at the women's World Cup right now, there's a pretty good showing on the USA net, on the USA team yeah. from so girls from the Big Ten. Yeah, so you're gonna have to fill me in on who that is because I know the World Cup's starting up. I've been out of the loop, but it's on Fox. That's so a big big deal for our parent Huge company, Fox. And um, it's underway. The USA plays Tuesday, so the day this this episode comes out in their first game. Uh, is the USA defending champs, right? Were they World Cup champs? 
have to look it up, but I think they won the last World Cup and lost the one before, before that because I remember their big victory tour a few years ago. True, true, true. So 2014, or no, 2015 defending champs. Um, do you have the list of alums that are... Well, I know there's a, there's a girl from Rutgers, Penn State, and then the Wisconsin grad, Rose Lavelle. She's um, our age. She's 24. She's young. Did you know her in school? I did not. <laughs> but still. Still really cool. You were good enough really at soccer cool. to, to, yeah, to know her. Not quite my sport, but very exciting. Love the World Cup. Are you a, a women's World Cup fan? I would say yes. I mean, obviously, I don't follow it necessarily otherwise, but some of my really good girlfriends have played soccer very competitively. Yeah, I know you mentioned that last time. You had a friend that plays professionally visited in mm-hmm. Europe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's cool. It's always a fun event every year um the men's and women's world cups and since our men didn't get it done and failed to qualify last year that the women will have to pick up the slack again and they're far more competitive than the men pretty much uh since the women's world cup started they've been a powerhouse so seriously like, cool. i still have like signed soccer balls by mia hand really? and like sports illustrated hanging up with their signatures that's cool yeah i mean i'm always a casual observer but it should be fun fun to see um speaking of summer sports Let's keep moving. We've uh, had two final series going on concurrently here, and I haven't been able to watch much of them because I've been gone. But let's, let's start with the NBA Finals. Um, it's been weird because the first year I haven't watched the NBA Finals like ever really, and it's been interesting just to follow and get what I could on social media and um, the media. Pretty much get all my highlights from from Twitter and Instagram, and and basically follow it as the social media storylines go and if that's how you're going to consume a sport the nba is the best league to do so yeah i mean there's been a lot going on i definitely am more biased more so this year than i ever have been to the nba just like watching it and then also at the entertainment around it has been wild Mm -hmm. coming off of the beyonce nicole curran side eye situation which is like really the media just completely exaggerated that so i saw that i don't know if it was the media that exaggerated from what i understand because so Beyonce and Jay-Z were at Oracle Arena in Oakland as they, the guests as of, the guests of and Nicole Curran is the yeah. woman's name who's one of the, the wife, owners yeah. GM the wife think, of the GM I think one of the owners it's of one of the high up yeah. executives at, at Golden State and Beyonce gave like the annoyed look as she was asking as uh, the Mrs. Curran uh, woman was asking Jay-Z what drink he wanted or something yeah and, and just that little snippet took off and I would say not the media that blew out of proportion, but the Beyonce, the, the Bayhive. Yeah. <laughs> True, all of her loyal followers. She got like death threats. Right? Yeah, she had to like know. delete her Instagram. Like, that's that's where it gets too toxic. It's too me. much. Like, we talked Way about too much. Aisha Curry a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and her people criticizing her kids or whatever. Like, people need to really find better things to yeah. do because it's it, it's one thing being a funny meme. Like, okay, Beyonce looks annoyed because she's getting talked over, and she probably wasn't even annoyed in the first place. But like. It, it's it's where social media goes too far. Latches on extremely hard. So that was one courtside incident that happened in, in the game, in uh, in the series. The other one was, Kyle I don't know Lowry. if you saw this, yeah, Kyle Lowry oh falling God. in the stands and, and the minority owner or yeah. investor, I think his title has been has shifted a little bit yeah. or changed like, in the media. I don't know what exactly he is, but the guy gave him a little shove, a little love tap when Lowry dove in the stands. I cannot believe that. Like, have some class. Especially if you're... A representative of the team. You know? Yeah, if you have the power to be sitting courtside, you should also have the responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, and obviously that whole episode was inexcusable, but it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. What I was saying, the fans sit too close <laughs> in NBA games. It's crazy. It's gonna get revoked. I, and I know, like that, even that wasn't even on the bench side. So like that, that happens 
normally like fans have always sat courtside at NBA games. Like my beef was with them sitting so close to the benches the and bench, the coaches yeah. and stuff. Uh, but it's just kind of funny that it lines with that that uh, that gripe that I have that fans are, are sitting too close. And now that was that was the drama. We haven't even talked about um, the actual games basically because <laughs> because this could all be dated. By the time True. this episode comes there out, there could be a winner. This is, this is Monday, when and you're Toronto could close it out, having a three-one lead tonight in uh, in the six. It was cool. Um, I flew Air Canada to to China and back, so we had layovers in Toronto. And so when we got off in Toronto oh on what day was that? Friday. The uh, the flight attendant or whoever came over the loudspeaker was like, "And you know, we want to wish our Toronto Raptors good luck in <laughs> representing Canada in, in the in the NBA Finals." It was just such a Canada, Canadian amazing. thing to do. I feel like of all the hype zones outside of uh, stadiums, the Jurassic Park is one place I would want to visit. I mean, it's just such an easy situation to root for, right, with the Raptors because they're the team that's kind of had embarrassing exits this whole decade. Really, they haven't been able to get over the hump. I think most people are sick of Golden State's uh, dynasty and they're ready for it to be over. And like you said, just the buy-in. It's not just one city. It's like a lot. Of, probably, I assume, majority of the country rooting for the Raptors. And in the United States, too. I, I don't know how you feel. If no, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Again, this could be dated if Kevin Durant brings anything for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, if he comes back. It's been a fascinating uh, series to observe from afar because I was kind of piecing together information that I was able to get. And it wasn't necessarily... Um, the most cohesive way to follow a series but like i'm confused about what's going on with durant like is he coming back is he playing uh what's thompson's status there's been a lot of injuries i know but i think golden state's good enough that they can overcome those excuses but but yeah with the joke i think kind of goes in canada that most canadians look at toronto like you know like we we would look at new york or a city that a lot of people just crap on and, and don't like but i think this raptors team has kind of overcome that stigma in their home country i think they've got I assume they've got all of Canada behind them, um, and like I said, a good chunk of the U.S. as well. So. Yeah, so we'll see. But like you said, there's uh, our second final series going on, which is the most cringe situation we have to talk about, which happened this weekend. You're talking about the, the Stanley Cup and the the newspaper leaking, yes. leaking the winning uh, the winning ad. Yeah, so let's set the scene. Um, Stanley Cup final, Blues and Bruins are going to a Game 7, as, as it stands right now. And they're going to a Game 7 because St. Louis cannot close out the Boston Bruins at home on Sunday night. Or and, prematurely jinx themselves. Yeah, exactly. And and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the paper down in St. Louis, um, prematurely leaked, or somehow leaked ad copy, ads and, I think, copy in the newspaper that was congratulatory as if the Blues had won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's right there, the logo, like, Stanley Cup champions, St. Louis Blues, congratulations, a statement from the owner, like statement on where the parade's going to be everything was out there and i and uh, i actually just saw that today like i didn't notice it until today but it totally totally jinxed the blues yeah i mean i think it came out just on their e-edition like their e yeah obviously yeah but still i I don't know how that happens and like i'm sympathetic toward newspapers for the most part because it it's a tough it's a tough uh landscape right now like they're probably understaffed mistakes i think are more prone to happen in this era of, of newspapers just because you know, stat, stats have been cut. Like it's probably overworked people. I can see how maybe a mistake would happen, but yeah, that one, that one was a, that was hard to swallow. That's a crazy one. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, now they go back to Boston for um, game seven. Game seven, which we've talked about it. I'm sick of Boston winning. I, I want the Blues to win. I wish we would have closed it out, but they they really never got in that game. Sunday night, I was watching. They couldn't break through, and all of a sudden, Boston was up three one three zero, and then five to one. So. 
Um, we'll see if they can come back from that. Yeah, and once those summer sports ends, it's pretty much baseball um, from here on out, which is you know a fun distraction right now. But the games, being 162 of them, aren't <laughs> aren't always you know the most significant. So other distractions that we can use to occupy our summer besides going out and, and enjoying the weather are some of these shows coming out. Big yeah. Little Lies specifically, okay. which so, you need to get on board with ASAP. Explain Big Little Lies to me, because right now, June, the beginning of June has been a bunch of show drops. Yes, it's amazing. Really good shows coming out and um, with their newest seasons. And I didn't really, I'd heard of Big Little Lies, but I don't know what it is. So please explain. Okay, so it's based off of a book. So they had the first season. It was only like seven or eight episodes on HBO Go, and, or HBO. And um, it... I don't want to give anything away in case people want to catch up. It's just this plot around a murder. And the first season, you're figuring out who who died, who did it, vendetta, motives, mm-hmm. etc. So the second season, there was only one book. So the second season is completely in now the television writer's discretion. But exciting because Meryl Streep has joined the cast, oh. which just another big name to join Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman. Like this is just a star-studded cast, and it's so entertaining. And it's set in Monterey, so it's beautiful, and the music selection's just fantastic. I'm me and my girlfriends are obsessed. What's the word to describe opposites in a title like Jumbo Shrimp? What's the What's the word where it's like juxtaposition? It's a juxtaposition, but it's a. Um, it's a contradiction. Oxymoron. oxymoron. Yeah, the, the title's an oxymoron. Big, Big Little, Little Lies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw a joke on Twitter today that was like somebody like angrily calling HBO demanding to know like what the deal is with these lies because <laughs> they big or they small. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but a show we both watch, Handmaid's Tale, yes. also dropped their first episode. Bring Handmaid's Tale uh, season three came out this past week. I really like um, what Hulu does with their subscription. I don't know if other streaming services or services do this, but you can pause. Your subscription. So, like, I subscribed for a month to watch the end of season two of Handmaid's Tale a few weeks ago. Um, didn't want it to run out. And so I was going to cancel. And it gave me the option to pause my subscription and pick it up at another time. And I could finish the last, like, two weeks, whatever. So, I think I have still, like, two weeks of my Hulu subscription in the bank. Could probably just binge Handmaid's Tale um, coming up here. And it'll still cost me the same. So, I would like that feature. There Shout you go. Hey. Can also get BTN on Hulu. So, <laughs> huge. Free plug for that. Plug. The other show um, that came back, one of my one of my favorites, is Black Mirror. Uh, that Black show Mirror freaks fan? me out. Yeah, I mean it's a disturbing show overall, but like I, I think it's really entertaining for the most part. I pick and choose which episodes, and like it just messes with my mind. However, I'm a little disappointed because this season there's only three episodes in this newest release, um, season five, I think it is. Usually there's at least five or six episodes. Um, I guess if you count the movie they came out with, the interactive movie they came out with, and January, I think it was, like, maybe kind of say that's four episodes, but, like, three episodes is kind of weak, especially since we waited a year and a half for the season to come out. Does this have, like, a devout cult following? I don't, I just think it's pretty popular, because, like, it's Netflix, and it's pretty widely accessible, um, and, like, there's no, um, like, I can't remember what the term is, but the shows don't run consecutively, like, it's, every episode is a different kind of mini-movie in its own. Okay, right, right, right. And I've watched one and a half of this season's three episodes, and I fell asleep in halfway through the second episode, and it's not been as good solid as like oh. a couple of the other seasons. So well, five seasons—that's like a lot. Yeah, Miley Cyrus is also in. Okay, that's what I've been. I haven't okay. seen that one yet. I would watch that one. But like, I think I think the consensus so far is like this season's kind of weak compared to. Wow. So we'll see. Okay. Um. So yeah, those those three shows are the big ones. I don't know if anyone else, any other ones are 
hour now? I don't the ones know. That I, well, Stranger Things is still like a month out. Okay. That I don't watch July. that. You should. It's, I know. I've heard it's good. It's a good one. But yeah, definitely things to fill the void when sports are slowing let's, down. Let's, so we're, well, we're talking about all these indoor activities. It's summer. The weather is pretty good here, I think. Oh, I haven't been here in a while, but um, it seems nice outside. So we should be outside. Yeah, I've, so, beach volleyball team is full swing. Got our first dub. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Is this a PTN? Uh, no, volleyball? this is just friends recreational. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't get, I missed that invite. <laughs> so, um, And it's also, you know, being in Chicago, it's kind of known for street fests and, and all the different neighborhoods and um, things to do in the summer. It's it's full on street fest season. It, it's definitely picking up. Yeah, we had what, Jazz Fest this past Have weekend? Have you gone any? I didn't go to Jazz Fest. I walked through the Old Town Art Fair. Me too. I was there yesterday. There you go. Did you go? I did. On How was Saturday. It? Um, did not buy any art. Really? No. I, I, I'd never been to that one. Like in years past, I've gone in the two or three summers I lived here, I've gone to, uh, there's like a German one. I've gone to a barbecue one. These are all just like kind of scattered culturally throughout different neighborhoods. There's one I'm, near my street, um, Southport something fest. I don't know. I'm struggling with the names here, but that Old Town Art Fest, I didn't know really what to expect. I'm not really an artsy person, but there was a lot of cool um, art and, like, things that you could buy there. And I, I felt like I was a few years away from, like, really diving in, like, splurging there because I could. I feel like I, it was all stuff I could decorate my future house with. Like, did you invest? Nice did you get anything? I did buy a couple things. Look at you. Yeah, I spent like, I went in. A patron of the arts. I went in, not only did I pay the suggested donation, which <laughs> that's always a sucker's. Okay. $8 suggested donation is kind of a hefty suggested donation. Yeah, for as much money as people are spending in there, the whole suggested donation thing, it, uh, I, I, it always makes me uncomfortable, but like I can Stress. usually say, I can usually never say no. I usually have to just like bite the bullet and pay, and I did. And then I went and, and like, dropped a hundred more dollars on art. <laughs> and I was like, man, I did not plan on doing this um, or spending any money. And here I'm walking out poor after, like, a few ATM trips. So That's kind of fun. Good for you. Yeah. So, um, good time. Uh, any other festivals coming up? Like, these are the... You got your taste of Chicago, right? I feel like right. that's, like, a touristy... Like, right, right, right. Kind of But these small ones are yeah, fun these and are the cool fun and different. But, yeah, there's... Brings the community together. Yeah. Coming up, I know there's, like, the Lake Shake one. That's, like, just, like, country music. That's not necessarily a festival. Isn't that, like, a... It's, like, a music festival. Yeah, it is it's a music. music. Yeah. It's music, though. Not, like, food. You need, like, tickets for that one. Yeah. Anything else coming up? Um, I feel like there's a lot, but... June is, like, the big season for that. And then it leads right into 4th of July. And this summer, like... It's crazy. I know being gone for a couple weeks really accelerated things, but the summer's going so fast. It's already, like, almost mid-June. No, see, I don't think it's... It's like summer's just about to start, and hopefully it's going to go till November since I was still wearing a big coat as of last week. That's true. Weather-wise... So, like, I completely... And, dis- it's not even And summer. you know, as a um, noted and, um, uh, I guess, like, outspoken sweater in the sweating community here, <laughs> I... Embrace these 60 degree temperatures. It doesn't, I don't need to get much hotter than this the rest of the summer. Oh my God, I do. No, like it, keep it under eight degrees for me and I'm perfectly content. Like I don't need to be, I know you're a big walker and you're able to walk 20 minutes each way to work and like not break a sweat, but that's not the case for me. So <laughs> let's keep these temperatures how they are. For um, Alex's homeostasis. Yeah. I, and for like the quality of my, my clothes, like I don't want to come in dripping. Yeah. And I guess like me too, since we're in the same vicinity in the office. Right. Exactly. So. For everyone's benefit, let's just keep this this weather. I like and I like wearing long sleeves. I like my crew necks. I like uh, no, dude, you're the, wrong. The here. jeans and the jeans and long sleeves look so. Come the twenty first when summer officially starts, it better be eighty five and sunny. All right, 
Well, I don't Until know. Gonna, I don't know who you can take it up with if not. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna keep it moving on on the show this summer. Um, Got to get back in the swing of things and line up some guests again. Shout out to Brent for locking down Bruno. Uh, super jealous because I'm a big fan of Bruno. Like I, I'm bummed that I did not get to to meet him and um, you know kind of stand in his presence. I guess I met him at Media Day, kind of, but it's not the same as like the one-on-one interview. So. Good job, Brent. I uh, hope people enjoyed the interview. We got another Maryland player on, which is like the second in the last month or so. So that's good for the Terps and for us. Um, Colleen, before we go, do you have anything else you want to get to on, uh, on this Monday? Just no. I'm no? just grooving along here. All right, cool. So let's uh, circle back, do this again next week. Maybe get our studio back if they're not working on the, the building. Yeah, we drilling. won't be whispering hopefully next yeah, time. Yeah, although I think I mean, there might be an echo in here, but I think it sounds pretty good. We'll have to see and listen. Throwing off our game on this remote location. (laughs) But uh, until then, yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Cool. Good catching up. All right. Thanks once again to Colleen, Bruno, and Brent for making this episode what it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I will be back in the saddle for the next few weeks at least um, without hopefully any interruptions doing interviews going forward. And uh, we'll get some good guests lined up for you here on the Take 10 Podcast as summer gets in full swing. Um, the Big Ten sports are, for the most part, the exception of Michigan baseball, are uh, are over for the, the school year, the academic year. So we'll see you soon here on the Take Ten Podcast. Thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Thanks to my producers, Julie Bronder and Wes White, for stitching the show together in post-production. And we'll talk to you soon here on the Take Ten Podcast.